It's time for the Over the Boards podcast. With Matthew Duke. Turn on forced trade, turn off the salary cap, trade for Alex Ovechkin, trade for Leon Dreisaitl, well, trade for Connor McDavid, and we'd be the best team in the league. Jared Ashdown. I am getting so absurdly nervous, like you won't even know. And Vincent Cristiano. Who's that? We don't even hear about it anymore. He's terrible. On Griffcast, the official podcast network of Canisius College. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Boards podcast. We're here with John Scusa and Jay Ashdown, as well as myself, Vinny Cristiano, today. No Duke, uh, because he's a bum, yeah. and that's all I have to say about that. I agree. He's just not committed. No. No grit. No. No He's grit. just not committed to the brand. No. He said something about, he's booked. about school or something. I don't know. I don't... He's a, he's a bum. That's, yeah. that's, that's the best way I've ever described Scooter. it. What a loser. Loser. So, uh, it's Friday, and uh, it seems like th- there's not really a whole lot of mojo uh, no. today. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, the first reason is that, uh, well, hockey's just not exciting. It's for, not. It's not fun. Right now. No, it's, it's... no, it's not. Um, and, 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 and I think that has a lot to do with, with a lot of things. The goal, basically the past couple weeks, has been... We'll get here at 10 and start recording, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we'll record, and then we'll be done, and then we go from there. I am, like, usually a little bit late to things. Like, last year when we recorded, like, we usually... You're late to everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, we would record at, like, 8.30 last year, and I usually get there, like, 8.36, or... Yeah, that would be like you're late. Yeah, and I'd be like, I'm late. And it's like, t- like, now, like this year, we're, I'm, I'm literally like, please come at 10, and you come at 10.30, and then I was like, I got no sleep, can you please come at 10.30, and you come to like 10.45. <laughs> and, right, and part of that is I'm just like not excited to, to come here and talk about hockey, because the Sabres have ruined, I think, this year of hockey for me. I think that has a lot to do with the underlying, like, I have to wake up in the morning and I have to go there and I have to talk about like how just awful it is to turn them on every other night and watch them because I watch them because in general I enjoy hockey and I just don't anymore. I still enjoy hockey, but I mean it's just I, I feel the same way about the Blue Jackets. I mean they're just sucking the life out of me. And I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but you know I mean I'm trying to drink coffee. I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying to maybe give a reaction that's hilarious to the people that are listening instead of this monotone Jay that you've been getting for the first few minutes of this, but I just don't know if I got it in me today. I'm so sick of talking about it. Like, I, I want to throw up. I, I'm just, it, it's every freaking day with this team. Then there's the inconsistency with my team that, you know, one night they give 110% and then the next night they lay, you know, a 
big fat goose egg on the scoreboard. Yeah, and then you'll just walk your way into another top two pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, they're trying to crack down on tanking. Yeah, Teams don't it's... tank the NHL, according to the, the commissioner. The problem, like, and I, like, this frustration with the Rangers fans, and I get it, but, like, I kind of be 100% honest with you. I really don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> like, there's hope. I know there's hope. There's hope. But, like, what gets me down is, like, I read on Twitter and everybody's just like, fire David Quinn. What is going on? This isn't the team that it was last year. And it's like, we're still a rebuilding team. This There's still process to this. We are the youngest team in the NHL, for Christ's sake. Calm down. And I'm just sitting over here just wondering, wondering. You're sitting over here with people like, oh, we should fire our coach. And you're like, no, that'd be stupid. It's a good thing we're not firing him. Then everybody in Columbus is like, we should fire our coach. And everybody's like, yeah, we should fire our coach because our coach sucks now. And our GM's like, you know what? The best thing that we could do is just sit here and do nothing. I find that ironic because... You find what ironic? <laughs> what? That, that, like, the... the are you referencing like are you comparing them did you say like did you gesture to me I was like you know I didn't see no no you were just like just in general like these people are doing whatever yeah okay I thought you were like pointing like Sabres guy no 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 the Sabres are they're a terrible ass coach too (laughs) the Sabres are 10 points worse than the Blue Jackets and and the Blue Jackets as of today have a 3.7% chance of making the playoffs According to MoneyPuck.com. Ouch. I mean, they're in fifth. They're only one position out of the the Blackhawks. But you got to look at the games played. Right. But, like, so you're... We're seven points behind the Blackhawks. We played 28 games. Nashville, who sucks, is one game less played than us. But they can't catch behind. you with that game, though. I know, but it's like it's just I'm just using it for reference. They Dallas should has, be they should be able to. They should have done the three point system. Dallas so. has six games at hand on the Blue Jackets, and they're only five points behind us. I, I mean, I mean, the, the game yesterday just took so much. Like, and I'm I'm just the biggest idiot ever, just the biggest freaking idiot ever. Because I'm sitting there in the Griffin office working on articles, trying to get ready so we can print our our, our freaking paper out, and I see the Blue Jackets go up form one. And I it just in, instinctively, the first thing that came to my mind is this is the perfect game for them to blow. And then they do it. And, and my reaction is to get upset. Why? I literally said it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew in my heart of hearts that it was going to happen. And then they did it, and I still got upset. And I'm still upset this morning. Why? Like, like, like every, every game with this team. Every You know, it, 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 this team, I, I watch them, and it's just like, you know, Laine's got a goal and an assist, and Domi's got a goal and an assist, and he's been terrible this year. You know, and, and it's like, you know, these guys are actually buzzing for the first time in seemingly a while because Patrick Laine was on, on a scoreless streak. So it's like, let's blow a three-goal lead. You know, they blow a three-goal lead, whatever. They do that all the time. And, and we start overtime, and it's like, what, what is the first thing that comes to John Tortorella's mind? Oh, we got to go out there with Foligno. <laughs> Marcus Foligno. I just said the wrong Foligno. He's just completely said the wrong Foligno. I would actually much rather have the other Marcus Foligno because the one we have right now sucks. All right. He does nothing. 
has a great chance the other game. He had a wide open net. He literally just, just just put your stick down. Just just tap it. Just tap it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe put your skate on. Let it go after. I don't know. Go dive on the ice and just push it in with your hand. It won't count, but at least the puck will go into the net. But no, I'm just not gonna do anything. Go completely completely wide on the net. To verify your point, yes, you would much rather have Marcus Foligno than Nick Foligno this year. Yes. Yes. He's got uh, six less games played and five more points. Yes. That's and awesome. it's like I, I I can't believe I can't believe this this fan base. The other day they had the audacity to get mad at me for saying that we should trade him. His contract's literally done at the end of the year, and there's reports that you could get a pretty decent. I don't know why you could pretty get you could get a pretty decent prospect for him. Why the hell wouldn't you do it? I don't know. This Savard's contracts up. Trade him. Like this team needs to sell at the deadline if people just don't want to do it. Ooh, but he's got such a great connection to the city. You know what he does? Nick Foligno is seriously one of the nicest guys ever. I've met him a couple of times. He is seriously one of the most decent people I think I've ever met in my life. I don't care. He sucks at hockey right now. Get rid of him. People get too involved personally with some of these people, and it just it drives me up a freaking wall. And it's just like the, like the like Torts obviously needs to go. He needs to be fired. But like yeah, he's overstayed his welcome. He and, and I knew it was going to get to this point. I've, I've said this for a while now, but I, I didn't even think it was going to be this bad. And here we are today. He decides to bench line a in a game that he's got a goal and an assistant. Patrick Laine, before the game, literally talked about the fact that he hadn't had a point in seven games, and they asked him where his confidence levels were. Did you know what he said, Vinny? He said, pretty close to zero. And then he goes out and he gets an assist, then you put him out on the power play, and he gets a goal. He's playing pretty well, but you know he has one defensive breakdown that leads to a goal, and then they benched him. Again, by the way! Because we're talking about things that just happen over and over and over and over. And you want to talk about something that happens over and over and over again? We'll talk about players who want to leave this freaking city. We go into the season with, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois as a restricted free agent, and we want to sign him to an eight-year contract extension worth $8 million a year. And we're in the process of it. We trade two of our better defensemen away to clear up some cap. We, we, we buy out Alex Winberg. <laughs> Look at him. He's having a great year in Florida. Isn't that just all peaches and cream? And then at some point, Pierre-Luc Dubois is like, you know what? I actually don't want to be here anymore. And it's like one of those situations as a fan where it's like if you're watching a game, and, and, and tell me if you guys have ever felt this way because I think every hockey fan feels this way. Sometimes you watch a game and you're like, you know what? None of these goals are the goalie's fault. There's defensive breakdowns left and right, but it'd be really nice. It'd be really freaking nice to get a save every once in a while. Well, you know what, Yarmo? It would be right. It would be really nice. Just really freaking nice if we could have one star player who wants to stay in the city. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. There's the reaction that you were, you know, hoping for. It it's driving me up a freaking wall. It's like like we get Patrick Laine is a restricted free agent. Why wouldn't he want to leave? He's getting benched every every other freaking game. And it's like I know that you knew what you were trading for. You knew that this guy doesn't really play that much defense. Yeah, exactly. But you 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 get him because he's an assassin. And you, and you get him knowing that you're going to have to pair him with the number one center. You don't have a number one center. Why don't you have a number one center? Oh, because you had to trade the number one center because you didn't want to be here. It's not freaking familiar. It's like that's what you got to do in the offseason. Oh, well, what do you got to subtract in order to get a number one center? Oh, you got to get rid of your defenseman. Oh, <laughs> good luck next year. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what we do. I mean, we traded Murray. We traded Nudavara. We bought out Wenberg. We're going to hopefully trade Foligno. We're going to hopefully trade Savard. It would be fantastic if we could find a way to get a number one center. The best option available is Eichel. 
But God, what are we going to have to do to get Eichel? I mean, I mean, the number one trade piece you're going to have to give up, the Blue Jackets would have to get up to get Eichel would be to give up Zach Wierenski. I know a couple of And they're going to have to give up other assets, too. You, a couple of Sabres fans want yeah. Domi, too, as well. I don't know. I mean, that's I'm fine. Sure you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be too, too uh, aggravated with parting with him. But I know, because he's been awful this year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if they want Domi, he, they can have him. I mean, if, if, if it's Zach Wierenski, if it's Max Domi, and, uh, I mean, if you want other prospects, I mean, we can throw some in there for you. But, I mean, I, it, it's worth it to get a number one center to pair with. Patrick Laine and then extend Laine. Hopefully, hopefully he wants to stay. And then you got at least your guys for the future because it's like this team has gone so long without having a number one center. And then we draft one third overall, and then he's gone. And it's just the most frustrating thing ever because if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have a good number one center. Yeah. Like none of the teams that won the Stanley Cup in the last like twenty years didn't have a good number one center. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Blues had Ryan O'Reilly, the, the Capitals. Uh, Nick Backstrom, Penguins, Sidney Crosby, ever heard of him? They also have a, they also have a Kenny Malkin, so they have two. The Blackhawks, Jonathan Days, the Kings, Anze Kopitar. I mean, the Bruins, Bergeron. Like you just Tampa. go down, yeah, t- Tampa, Stamkos. Yeah. yeah, they might. They're also a team that's got two. Braden Point. Yeah. Braden Point's the number one center on just about any team in the National Hockey League, besides the Lightning and you know maybe like the Leafs and a couple other teams. Yeah. So I, uh, I, my buddy Mike sent me this article the other day about possible trade packages for, for Eichel. Um, and it, the, the article's on the score, and it involves a Carolina trade and a Rangers trade. And I'm not a huge fan of either of them. What's um, the Rangers trade? Jack Eichel to the Rangers for Capo Caco, Vitaly Krasov, Ryan Strom, Niels Lundqvist, a 2021 first and a 2022 second. And uh, the proposed Carolina trade doesn't actually involve Eichel, but it's a Hall-Stahl Montour trade where Buffalo literally retains half of all of their salaries. Yeah, but I mean, it's only the rest of the season, so yeah. it would be a terrible idea. And it. then Warren Fogle, Morgan Geeky, Jack Drury, Jake Gardner, and a 2021 second. Uh, and then... Yes. Uh, there's a Not trade package on the yeah. Bleacher Report um, for Eichel to Columbus, and this is old, so I'm not even going to read it because... Players aren't there. Yeah, Dubois is part of the package. Yeah, so. that's right. Dubois is part of the package. Yeah. So that's... I don't know what the trade would look like. I would be willing... To get like if I'm the Blue Jackets, what I would do in the off season, I would my trade package for you, Vinny, and I want to see if you you would take it. Give up Zach Wierenski. I'd give up Corpus Salo. I'd give you Alexander Texier. I'd give you Max Domi, and then we probably have to throw in picks too. Yes, you. I like. There's no way this trade happens without no, multiple picks. picks. Yes. Yeah. And by multiple, I would give up like two first rounders too. Yes. I mean. Just, just because of the nature of the way trades like this work, I don't really see a way the Sabres can win a trade with Jack Eichel. Unless you get a ton of picks. Right. Yeah. And just hit on those picks. Yeah. Well, now the issue is, I'm assuming this trade's going to have to be done in the offseason. It does. As of right now... Financially, there's no way that it can get done. Well, I mean, not even that. Eichel's trade value is lower than it's ever been right now 
and he's injured. So nobody's going to trade for him if he's in. You know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about his trade value. Players, like, like GMs know who he is. Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day, if you're going to have a bidding war for him, that's going to raise his value up to what it is anyway. I would, yeah, I mean, yeah. you would certainly hope so. It's just, uh, again, like I say, it's at this point that I sit here and I'm just like, somehow this will just turn out badly for the Sabres. I, I would be not surprised to see that at all. I mean, it might, but... This is the first year. I mean, last year the Sabres were bad. But you still watch them, and they looked somewhat expire, inspiring. I mean, they were playing relatively interesting hockey. Every time Eichel was on the ice, he could score. I mean, it was, he, you, you know, he got the puck, and it was, like, actually exciting to watch him. And it's just, like, there's no, it's not fun. It's, like, it's like watching the New Jersey Devils play, except the Devils, it used to be a 2-1 game and the Devils would win because they had Marty Brodeur and good defensemen. Except Marty. now the Sabres have lost four of the last five games, 5-2. to two, And the other game they lost 5-4. to four. They're 1-7-2 in their last nine. They're not in their last ten, I'm sorry. Their last nine games have all been losses. Their scoring differential is a negative 27 which Oof. is, I believe, second worst in the NHL? Third worst in the NHL. I would say who's first does. Ottawa and then Detroit. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. And yet, and yet, still, the Sabres have less points than both of those teams. I will say both those teams have played more games than the Sabres, but I don't really care at this point. The Pagulas are broke, somehow, and the rumor... That's going around. You know, you see see the Sabres um, media personalities on, on Twitter, like John Vogel and, and uh, Tim Graham from The Athletic, and, uh, Lance Likowski and, uh, and others, you know, talking about how, you know, Chad Demonensis is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Um, the, Sab- the reason the Sabres haven't fired Kruger is because they can't afford to hire another coach. And if they were going to hire another coach, the rumor is that they would hire a college coach because they wouldn't have to pay them as much as a proven NHL coach. <laughs> like Bruce Bruce. They just hire Trevor Large. Trevor Large? Trevor Large is like a... I mean, all the, I mean, sure, they're all good guys. I would, I would hate... I mean, I, I like Trevor. I like talking to him. Yeah. I would hate to see him get ripped apart by Paul Hamilton in his yeah. first interview. So I don't need him to, to go through that. But um, no... The, uh, Jeremy White from WGR was uh, talking about how it's like a, a a current Sabres player's alma mater, their coach. Some people think Providence because that's where Jacob Bryson played. Um, right. Eichel's coach is already on the Rangers, so that wouldn't even be, a, you know, that's not even a possibility. But, uh, and I don't know, there's some other coaches. I, I mean, I like Nate Lehman, so I mean, if that's the direction that the Sabres went, I wouldn't be too upset about it. But, again, I mean, college doesn't always translate to right. the NHL. And I mean, I, I always said for, I said for years that they should, hire, they should have hired Chris Taylor as their head coach. He's a former Airworks coach. Yeah. He's a really good coach. And I, I mean, like, the thing is, is a lot of those young guys went through Chris Taylor. So Chris Taylor's worked with a lot of these guys. And I think he, I think he worked with that team. I mean, what I saw in Rochester, he developed a lot of them properly. 
but I don't know. I don't know if it would translate to the NHL. I, well, if any, if any, I mean, he's in the AHL, so it's probably pretty close. Yeah. Chris Taylor with the Americans had a coaching record. Well, he he'd been with the the Americans for on several different occasions. Yeah. Chris Taylor started coaching record. He Chris Taylor played for the Americans for several years. I mean, he played a he played for London, the London Knights in eighty eight eighty nine. He came to the Americans for the, for the first time in 1999-2000. Mm-hmm. Played for the Americans there, and then he played for the Sabres in there as well. Left for the Frankfurt Lions of the, of the DEL, the Dutch, uh, Dutch Hockey League, basically. Yeah. Um, for three years, from 06 to 09. Came back to the Americans from 09 to uh, 2009. Came back to coach in from 2017 to 2020, mm-hmm. and he had a record of 116 mm-hmm. and 65. Um, now, you know he did lose in round one of the playoffs in 2017 and 2018, mm-hmm. or 2018. Right, 2018, I guess. Yeah, and I was there when they got swept by. So was I. Believe the, the crunch in. I went to game one of that series. I went to game four. Three and four, I think. Um, and then last year, they were second in the north when the season got canceled. And yeah. Fired, so. I, I wouldn't have hated to have him be the next Sabres coach just because he was good. And if they fired him because of his playoff successes or lack of success, if that's if you're in the NHL and three years in a row you get bounced in the first round, even though you're the second round team, that's fine. Right. But, I mean, at this point, you just got to get your team to the playoffs, and that's what the Americans did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what, that's what the Sabres need, is they just need to get just to the get, playoffs. Just get there. Yeah. You know, just do it. I mean, obviously, I'd love to sit here and say do what the Bills did. You have a team, not kind of like a misfit team, made the playoffs, uh, you know, barely. You know, thank you, uh, Red Rock and Andy Dalton, um, in 2017. And then you lose in the first round to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were, you know, pretty good that year. They had a great defense. And, like, you, you lost, lost to Blake Bortles. I mean, you know, there's no shame in that. No, it's, you know, none. But Blake Bortles. Well, you, you lost, lost to the boat. Future, future the Hall of Fame But no, I mean, but again, that team, like, may, like kind of maybe deserved to not be there, to be there. I mean, they squeaked in. Right. That's all you got to do at this point is just give – you have to just make some sort of progress. You have something and to there's, build on. There's been yeah. no, no progress over the past 11 years. And, and, I mean, it seemed at several points like you had something to build on. You you got Sam Reinhart, you got Jack Eichel, and you got Rasmus Dahlin. And, I mean, at that point, your assumption is there is a really nice core to this hockey team that's young, and they're going to be hitting their prime right around the turn of the decade, and we'll be able to, to make some improvements. You finally have a, a goalie in Linus Allmark, who's a number one goalie in the NHL, who, and our defenses should be fine. Our offense, if on paper you look at this offense and it's fantastic, there's only so much you can do before you don't have any answers anymore. And as a, uh, as a guy sitting here at noon on a Friday, in March, in a shortened season, where the point was to still have meaningful games in March, 
They say you say that all the time. The NHL, you know, your goal is to have meaningful games in March because that means you have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. The Sabres haven't played meaningful games in March. And the season January, and we hit March first, and the Sabres were not yet mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but were basically done. So, I mean, I like I said, I sit here on Friday. On March twelfth, twenty twenty one, and I have n- I have no answers. I love to speculate wildly about things that could be done, uh, or to switch the lines or do whatever. I I don't no know line combination is going to fix the problems of the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, and it, it would be it would be really nice. It'd be really freaking nice if you could just play Justin or Eichel. Yes, it would be really nice if you could play Jack Eichel, but you can't. Right. You also can't play Jake McCabe, who was your best defenseman beginning the year, because he's injured. You can't play probably one of your grittiest players this year, Zemgis Gergensen, because he's injured. Your best goalie, Linus Ulmark, who kept you in games, who stopped you from allowing five goals, because he's injured. Yeah, he also has to suck. Yeah, he really yeah, does. He's awful. And he's only slightly better than Carter Hutton. The only reason he's better is because he's taller and wider. And sometimes that gets in the way of the puck. <laughs> wow. You don't know. I watched watching the game against the Flyers on Tuesday where we won, we lost in a shootout. Yeah. The there was one save that Johansson made that might have been the save of the game or whatever on the, the Sabres broadcast. And my friend Mike looked at me and he goes, Hutton lets that in. The only reason Johansson <laughs> saved is because he's taller and he stretched farther. That's the only reason. Yeah. Like, they're just they're just bad. And Ukapakalukanen is supposed to be the boy of the future, kind of struggling in Rochester this year. So you're... Look at that. I mean, Portillo yeah, Eric uh, Portillo looks good at Michigan, Michigan right now, so hopefully he can come yeah. in and, you know, I mean, I would love to have a one-two punch of Eric Portillo and, uh, and, and Uka Pekalukanen as, like, you know, like a, a Robin Leonard, Marc-Andre Fleury-esque, like, these are two really good goalies, but I don't I don't think you're going to get that. I think you're going to be a lot closer to Elvis and Jonas than you are. Which is fine, because Elvis and Jonas aren't bad. They're not bad, they just have... Terrible defense in front of him because we got the entire defense is us. He's a key here with Dubois, and we could keep here with Dubois. Yeah. Congratulations on the, uh, the the friendship development with Michael Delzato, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I hope he stays. Yeah, yeah. I hope he stays. Yeah. 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 The one defenseman who's been good this year is Michael Delzato for us. Yeah. We signed him as a depth guy, and I was like, hey, this is alright, I guess. And then I, I watched him. He's, he's fantastic every night. Every night. I, 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 I think he leads us in plus minus too. I wouldn't be surprised. Without all he's played, I mean. Yeah, he is. He's plus 10. He's plus 10 on a terrible hockey team. He's one of only two players on the team that have a plus minus better than five. Yeah, him and Ryan Nash. Yeah. Because Ryan Nash yeah. still sucks. Nick Felino's got a plus one. That's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Eric Robinson's plus four. I like Eric Robinson. Gabrikov on this. Awful team has been good this season. He's been steady. And then all the way at the bottom, minus 14. 
I don't know. Like, like if, if you look, look at his career numbers, they're amplified by that incredible stretch that he had as rookie season, and the fact that they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. What takes it down is how awful he was in the bubble. So you get you take your best performance, your worst performance, and you take those out of the equation. Was so any goalie can go on a great run? We've, We've seen Carter Hutton when he was with the Blues. Yeah. Had an excellent season. When, when you, you want to analyze a goalie, you take the best stretch and the worst stretch out of the equation, what do you have? Probably the exact same as you had within that. Because if you have a good stretch and a worst stretch, a bad stretch, it's probably what you have is a league average goalie. I've seen mediocrity. League average goalies don't deserve $6 million a year. Six years. Yeah, I mean his 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 career numbers. Uh, he's got a 915 career save percentage and a 238 career goals against average. This year, 19 games started, he's got a save percentage of 908 and a goals against average of 2.69. Uh, nine wins, six losses, zero shutouts. He's got eight career shutouts. Seen quite a few of those from his rookie season. Yeah. I believe, I believe last year, I don't, I don't remember his goals against that, but I'm pretty sure the same percentage is the starter is 9-12, yes. which isn't bad. So, I mean, if you take, if you take these last two years. This is his worst year statistically of his entire career. But it's pretty short. Yes. I mean, he played one game in 2015-2016. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't play again for two years uh, and played in 2018-2019. Save percentage of 927, mm-hmm. five shutouts, goals against the average of 189. Which is ridiculous. Really, really good. 2019-2020, he had a save percentage of 912, goals against the average of 256, three shutouts. He played like almost 3,000 minutes. So, he played 50 games. This year, I just read his stats, 19 games, 908 save percentage, 2.69 goals against average. So statistically, it's the worst, worst year of his, his career. If you, or you could count 2013-16, we played one game, had four shots against, one goal against, a goals against average of 4.69, save percentage of 750. Played 12 minutes and 47 seconds. I think that's the worst season of his career. So one game. Yeah. Uh, those, 12, those 12 minutes of the worst season of his career. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 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 I, I, don't, I don't dislike Jordan Gaines. I'm looking at a guy like the last two years. You watch him play. He's good. So that's $6 million a year. I understand why you do it. You sign him because you want to stand up. Right. You got to keep a player like that around. I understand that. Yeah. But I don't like the number at $6 million. I also don't like the term. It's six years. Like I, th- I think he is. I-, I think we're looking at the next Matt Murray. Now, now I don't think his numbers are going to be as bad as what Murray's are in Ottawa because he's in Ottawa with that awful defense in front of him. Right. But I think we're going to be looking at a guy who's getting paid quite a handsome sum of money, and he's all right. Yeah. You know. I mean, Matt Murray had two good years. That's all I needed to win two Stanley Cups. You want two Stanley you Cups? Never, you can never take that away from Matt no. Murray, man. Nope, I, you can't. But He's got two rings, but... The other thing that was interesting to me 
granted a smaller sample size, but was how well Jake Allen played last year for the Blues. Was one of the better goalies in the NHL in goal saved above expected. Jordan Bennington in that category is in the positive, but it's not like a, a significant positive in that category. So, like, I, I think it literally fits the mold of he's just he's good, you know. If <clears throat> I mean, ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Cristiano bringing you the juice today. I, yeah. I, I like I said, I just have no. Literally, this is. This is the worst Sabre season I can remember. This is the worst season I can Even worse than that, like, hilariously bad season. What was it, like, 2014? 2014, yeah, yeah, going into 2015. Yeah. The McEichel tank. Yeah. This is worse than the tank season. Because in the tank season, there was something to root for. You were rooting for the team to basically lose games so that you could get McDavid or Eichel. Get Owen Power. Now... Yeah, I don't want. I don't. That's not McDavid. That's not. There's no. There's no like immediate reward for being bad right now. Like that was the whole point of the tank year was the Sabers lost. Awesome. Get us farther, farther down in the standings so that we can draft one of these superstars. They can be the next great player in the NHL, and the team's got some direction. Oh, that's good. You the team one of those has players, two. Then you can trade them to Columbus for a bunch of pieces. The team then... has a former Hart Trophy winner, one of the most captivating draft prospects in the past five years. Two of them, actually, between Eichel and Darlene, they were two of the most captivating prospects since like 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them's a superstar, who's obviously, you know kind of going through the motions is sick of it here. Yeah. And the other is good, but it's a disappointment. Yeah. And you've got... Like, if you were to redo do that draft today, there's four players you'd probably take ahead of him. Ahead of him, yes. You're probably you would take Svechnikov immediately over, over him. Dalian, you, you, I would take Heiskanen over him. Yeah, Heiskanen for sure. I would take Cal McCarr over yeah. him. Absolutely. Yeah. And he never would have... You would have gotten... If they would have done that... I mean, in hindsight's twenty twenty. Sabre should have taken Kel McCarr, whatever, Heiskanen, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Part of the reason Kel McCarr is so good is because it's Colorado. But part of the reason Colorado is so good is because of Kel McCarr. My point Here's is... Here's the list of players I would take over him right now. Svechnikov, uh-huh. who was second. Kel McCarr wasn't that draft class. Was it the year after or the year before? year before. Okay. Svechnikov. Brady Kachuk. Oh, absolutely. Quinn Hughes. Yeah. The, the, those are the uh, big three. I, I, I don't know for, for the Sabres' sake. Like, and, and, and like some of the other players that are picked, we'll see like how the future. Third overall was the Spirit Cup and Yemi, who had some promise early and then kind of fell off a little bit, and now he's trying to build it back up. Um, Philip Sedina went sixth. Haven't seen a ton of him yet. Adam Boquist went eighth. Tyler Kraftstoff went nine. There's a lot of rumors saying he's coming to the Rangers because uh, his KHL team just got bounced out of the playoffs. Twenty-second overall in that draft class was Keandre Miller. Who I absolutely love, and I think he's going to 
do great things in the I don't know. I don't know if Miller's gonna be better than Dowling per se, but I mean, kind of. I don't know. Like I, I feel like I get a little bit more out of watching Miller than I do Dowling. It, it's just like Dowling. Like Dowling's good. I'm not saying he's bad. No. But it's like you pick that guy number one, and it's like there's no substance to it. It's so bland. It's like you're like, like Darlene. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like it's like remember when 2006 happened, and the first overall pick was Eric Johnson. Yes. That's kind of how it feels. He's a good player. He's not great. He's not number one. He should be great. You should be great if he you're number one. He should be great. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just him or if the system has yeah. ruined him. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Now I'm not saying that Dowling's comparable to what Eric Johnson's done. He's no. great. I think he's better than that. But yeah. still, it's like it's but uninspiring. Yes. You want more? It was. You know what? The, the, he's he's the defense. He's the defenseman version of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good player. Boy, he's a great number two center. Yeah. Yeah. Any team in the NHL would love to have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Right. Number one overall, though, that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good comparison because Rasmus Dahlin is anybody would love to have him as a second pairing defenseman. Yeah, because he's young, even a first he's pairing defenseman. You know, like, like he's there, there's the stuff to build he, on he, there. He, he is your your quarterback of your power play. Dude. Yeah, it used to be that Eichel quarterback things from the wall and like mm-hmm. he was just like that outlet on the top. He's the quarterback now, which is great, but I I just. He's not. He does like, and, and and I've I've said this before. That, not on the podcast. But I, I, the Sabers' power play was really good. They haven't scored in eight games. They've done this all year, and, I, and I'm only starting to take issue with it now, probably because of the lack of recent success. So maybe this is a misplaced complaint. But their breakout on the power play is so weird. Have you have you noticed how they break out on while they're on the power play? No, and I gotta be honest with you. Part of the reason that I don't know is because you don't, I watch, don't them watch the Sabers because they suck at hockey. They, they're not fun to watch and they suck. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so my example, basically, this, the way the Sabers break out, Dalene often gets the puck in the defensive zone. Yes. Skates up into the neutral zone, mm-hmm. gets to the red line, and drops the puck back into our defensive zone for another player who then skates it up into the zone and then they control possession from there. Or they they That's set common. It. Yes. Yeah. I'm confused as to why so Darlene, like you can take it like a snapshot of when Darlene, like right before he drops the puck. The Sabres at that point have four guys advanced past the red line. One guy back and they've beaten one penalty killer. They've now created a four-on-three scenario in the neutral zone. Right. Why are you dropping the puck back to your defenseman, allowing the penalty killer that was forechecking to now get back into a defensive position, and now you have to beat a one-on-one battle with five guys who are standing stagnant at the other blue line waiting for the fifth guy to enter yeah. the zone. What I, I think the whole point of a power play is to create odd man rushes or chances. Yes. You want a four on three more than you want a five on four because you There's still have the man advantage with more space. 
which is more advantageous to you when you have the man advantage. That it doesn't make sense to me that breakout. It worked for them for the first 16 games of the season. Has not worked since. They're still top five, I think, in the league in power play. Maybe they're like top seven. Maybe that's clearly not the reason that they're losing games or a bad hockey team. But I'm just confused as to why that's such a prevalent system in the NHL and why it was considered to be so effective. They're still top five. Yeah. That's so weird, though, that like a team that's top five in the NHL scored and power games. play percentage is yeah. what you're saying. Yes. Is this terrible? Yes. Special teams is so important. Here's the thing that like, it's, it's weird because I'm looking and at And their penalty team. kill's not that bad. I think it's I like 18th or something. No, no granted, there's been 12. injuries, but like... Their special you have, teams are top 15 in both categories. You have the 12th best penalty kill. You have a top five power play. Now he's hurt right now, but you've got a goalie who statistically is bit like analytics. He's been really good this year. Even with the eye, and you even with the eye test, he's been fantastic. Yeah, the eye test especially. But have you seen some of his saves? The only Dude, like the few games that I have was it, watched was it Jonas uh, or was it Elvis that made the paddle save? Or maybe it was oh, Jonas Jesse. had two. Yeah, that were the, just insane. Just absolutely Panthers. wild. And right? we lost that game. Yeah. Well, yeah. So did we when when Linus made crazy saves anyway? No, no, no. The one game where he had a bunch of crazy saves, he ended up winning. But like. The game he got hurt, first period, he's on, and he stretched across the crease and gloved a shot that was going to go in, and he hurt himself doing it. The one game he should, against the Devils, I think it was, he should have had a shutout. He made, die, he was making diving saves. He looked like Dominic Hasek. It was crazy. To your point, he passes the eye test, and analytically, mm. it's been s- s- spectacular. <laughs> but, like, what, what is it? I, something's wrong. Something's clearly like, wrong. How can a team that is this efficient in the power play, you can't score five on five? Let's see. I mean, like, we've talked about everything else. I mean, Here's it's the, five if, on five. Like, there are teams that are good five on five that sucked on the power play. That makes sense, I think. Yeah. I, I can't remember too many circumstances where I'm like, this team can take advantage of when there's no... When it's a five on four or four on three, like, like if you have a man advantage, they take advantage of it. But five on five, they can't create anything. That that's this, so strange to me. The team should be good. This team should should be competing. If you for a just look at right you should look at it on paper, it's not a bad team. No, no, it's not. It's not. Eichel, it should be a good team. Like, let me tell you, people talk about the the contract all you want. Jeff Skinner's not a bad player. He's He's good at hockey. He's good at hockey. He's on, he, his contract is bad, terrible, even. Yes. But I'm, I will, Jeff Skinner, I'm, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm, I love Jeff Skinner. I'm, I mean, but yes, yes, he's good. Sorry. He's good. So Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, Sam Reinhardt, mm-hmm. Victor Olofsson, who's basically like. He's a poor man's Patrick Laine. Or, I was gonna or say, Ovechkin. I was going to say he's just like the equivalent of Mike Hoffman. Yeah, he's sure. the same player. Sure, they both wear sixty-eight. <laughs> They're literally the same player. You put them on the right side, and they just one time at home. Yep, but he can't do anything at five. On they five. can't do anything at five on five. They give. They're basically a donut. They they, they they score on power play, but that's all they do. <laughs> that's all they give you. Right, and then Taylor Hall. 
But I mean, you get, yeah, you got Taylor Hall, and Eric Stahl. Your, your bot, yeah, Eric Stahl. Your bottom six. Curtis Lazar's been he's been fantastic. Very good. Your bottom six is Dylan Cousins, who's been yeah, so impressive. Now R- he's Riley Shane's been good. Yes, he has. You have one line that is literally dog water, as they say. <laughs> dog water. <laughs> You have one line. I don't even know if I give it to a dog, man. Absolutely dog water. <laughs> yeah, this is. I wouldn't even if I had a if I had a farm and I had pigs that needed to drink water. I would say, wait, don't drink this. The Okposo Reader Eakin bucket of water oh, because it's terrible. God, you're gonna get gangrene from this bucket of water. Gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be your new save. For the intro of the but it's like it's a fourth line. It's like it's one line, and they're playing like ten minutes a game. And that's where it's like burned. I can't. It's like I can't believe in that ten minute period that it's that bad that you're just losing every game as a result. Well, I mean that's not the only reason they score against every line. I know. I mean, it's part just, of the thing it's... is we don't have a good defense. <laughs> we don't have a good defensive line. Okay. So perfect. <laughs> gangrene. <laughs> I was thinking about gangrene and the Jets fans. <laughs> Just shouting J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets right now. For no reason. I think you just brighten Jay's day up a little bit. Because <laughs> that's all he's going to think about all day now. Yeah. He's going to look at me when him and I have to go cover RIT Canisius and go, you know, gangrene. Gangrene. <laughs> for reference, <clears throat> Jay, you were looking at the plus minus for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah. The best, can you guess the plus minus for the best Sabres player right now? And Curtis, who it is? Curtis Lazar. No. Damn. That's oh. A good, that's a good guess, but he's, uh, he's like not, he's probably like 10th best. So, okay. Um, now is this player hurt? Yes. Jake McCabe? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what his plus minus is? Plus six. Two. <laughs> his plus minus is plus two. Yeah. One, one other Sabres one, one other Sabres player God One other Sabres player Has a plus minus of better than zero It's a plus one It's not, it's a two. Oh, okay, it's a two He's only played four games Rasmus Asplund <laughs> Riley Shayen's got a zero Jacob Bryson has a zero. Will Borgen played four games as a zero. Stephen Fogarty played one game as a zero. He played like three. He, oh, he played eight minutes. Okay, wow. Good he played eight minutes. <laughs> uh, Carter Hutton's is well. Carter Hutton's <laughs> a zero. He's a zero. What? Um, Jonas Johansson's also a zero. So that, I don't think they calculate plus minus for goalies. No, no, they don't. They don't. They're on the ice all the time. I was reading the list. I'm sorry. Um, Lena Salmark also zero. So those three don't count. Now we get into the negative two, Tage Thompson. 
Curtis Lazar, negative three. Brandon Davidson, negative three. Tobias Reeder, Casey Middlestat, Cody Eakin are all negative Casey three. Casey Middlestat sucks. So, sorry. Casey Middlestat, Kyle Oposo, Matt Irwin are all a negative five. Is, is Ristolainen the worst Cousins, on the team? No, he's not. Cousins, Eakin, Yoki, Haru, Skinner are all a negative seven. Eichel's a negative nine. Ristolainen's a negative ten. Montour's a negative eleven. Olofsson's a negative twelve. Colin Miller's a negative 13. <laughs> Eric Stahl's a negative 14. Sam Reinhardt's a negative 15. Taylor Hall's a negative 16. And who have I not said yet? Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin's a negative 23! <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Ouch. And now you know why I did not want to get out of my bed today to come here and talk about because the team that made me fall in love with the game is making me hate it. They're ripping your heart out and stopping it. I watch it, it every I watch every game because I enjoy the sport of hockey. And my goal to work in hockey or sports in general one day involves me watching sporting events to just see what happens. And right now it feels like a job. It's not no. To watch my hometown team. Yeah, no, I feel that with Blue Jackets. It's like, I, like, like it, it's, it gets to that point where it's like, there's a game on, and it's just like, do I want to go and find a stream for it? I won't put the time and energy into that. <laughs> yeah, why would I use my bandwidth for a stream when I can do literally yeah. anything? Why else? would I corrupt my laptop to watch these this freaking team? Yeah. Like, so I pulled up the the plus minus for the. It's very interesting on who's number two and plus minus. Well, what's their plus minus? How three. Many, how many games have they played? 23. Oh, okay. If a plus three. Tony D'Angelo. No. Jack Johnson? No. Okay. I had to make sure. Jack Johnson's a minus five. Okay. I figured, I figured it wasn't good, but when you said it's a surprise, I was like... Plus Is it... Caco? Oh, is it is it Colin Blackwell? No, but it, it's a lot. It's one Kevin of those, Rooney. Yes, <laughs> he's a plus three for the Rangers. Kadri Miller's number one with a plus five. Yeah, because he's fantastic. Yeah, he is. Next, and the worst with, for the Rangers is uh, Alexi Lafreniere at minus eight. That's not that bad. No, it's not. Yeah, Jack Johnson in thirteen games is a minus five. You know what, Vinny? It could be worse. You could be bald and have a big nose. That's true. That's very true. I could be bald and have a big nose. Yeah. And when, when Paul Harrington rips me apart during press conferences, I could say, you know, we just got to focus on the small picture right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I get Paul Hamilton and Mike Harrington mixed up. Cause I, Hamilton, Harrington. Yeah. I actually, I genuinely, they're both, they're completely different people, but I genuinely, I, I have, I sometimes, uh, like, they, they both have very similar uh, approaches to, to, like, of, yeah, just like antagonizing players. <laughs> yes, and coaches. Yeah, we could talk about something that's kind of fun. What's that? The ESPN deal. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I really hope see. they bring Gary Thorne back. They yeah, won't. They, they won't. They, they will? They're talk- yeah, there's rumors that he's going to come back. That's good. I would love that. I love Gary To bring back the whole thing. I'm so excited. Now, here's what I need the most so of. That, so they're bringing back Barry Melrose. Yes. They're well, I mean, he's always been there. Right, but yeah. like... Because he, he's been doing college hockey, he's so now he's going to do it. Yeah. 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 So you got Bell- Barry Melrose is going to be doing the games. Hopefully they got John Bucci Gross. Yeah. 
Um, you, you hope that maybe, I don't know, is Bill Clement, like, was he the guy that did it with Gary Thorne? Yes. Okay. I, I would, he's I, dead. No, he's not. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like Bill Clement is, like, alive no, and well. He's, yeah, he's, he's only 70, so, like, he could do it. Yeah, I don't know if he will, but. Do you know what? It is. Just throw this out there. If it's ESPN and it's Gary Thorne and Bill Clement, NHL 22. With Gary Thorne. It should be just like... Gary Thorne. Oh, my God. And Bill Clement with an ESPN score graphic. (gasps) That would be sick. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason... That's what I was thinking. That's part of the reason I love Gary Thorne so much is because he used to do the NHL games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just what I remember. Gary Thorne also has some of the best calls in hockey history. Yes. He's just unbelievable. My favorite... um, My favorite call... My favorite call of all time Surprisingly, not a Rick Jenneret call is a Gary Thorne call. Paul Korea. Yeah, yep. off the floor, off the board. Yep. Paul Korea. I love that call. Yeah. Uh, that's an electric. That's one yeah. of the most electric moments in hockey. I'm sure your favorite Gary Thorne was probably uh, Messier. Yeah, or uh, Stevie Wise in the playoffs against us. Oh yeah, that, that was, was that was a fantastic call too. I still. Darren McCarty's goal. Yes. Against the Flyers. Yes. Sick. Um. I own McCarty and McCarty Deeks. McCarty, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I own NHL 2K5 nice. for the PlayStation nice. 2, and my PlayStation 3 is backwards compatible. And every once in a great while, I will play that game just so I can hear uh, Gary Thorne. What, what version is it? It's 2K5. 2K5. Oh, wow. I have it's 2K11. Got... I never had anything that. I mean, I had, NH- I had NHL 09. Dude, 2K. That was a great game. 2K6 was, or no, it was 2K7 was one of my favorites. Because it was just so unrealistic. Yeah. This is so much fun. I played, um, I played NHL '99, I think, on my cousin's Nintendo 64, and there was a glitch where you could, if you were getting forechecked by a player, you could, if you skated like right behind your net, like right around the crease and then into the corner, the forechecking player would get trapped behind your goalie and behind the net. And you could just sit in the corner with the puck, and he would just skate into your goalie, and you could just run out the rest of the time. We won so many Stanley Cups like that. We we would like go on the power. We'd like we'd like get a goal to go up one nothing, and then we just like just skate in the corner and let the rest of the game go out, and then go do something else. We used to do that. Go play knee hockey. Come back. The game would be over. We'd go play the next game. Score a goal. Do the rest. Go back. Play more knee hockey. Come back. The game would end. Do <laughs> you imagine watching a Stanley Cup playoffs where we're saying every game's a one-nothing game? <laughs> terrible. But for us, it was fun. Like, we'd like do all this crazy stuff to score, and sometimes the other team would score first, so we'd have to score two. And then... Yeah, John Sebastian Jaguar won uh, the Conn Smythe. <laughs> he made 26 saves in the playoffs and got 26 shots. That's all he faced the entire playoffs. <laughs> 26 shots. He had a grand total of 16 shutouts. He went perfect 16-0 and yeah. to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that'd be uh, something else, dude. Oh, God. But, yeah, being being able to listen to a Gary Thorne NHL game would be awesome. I would. That would be great. It's better than calling, you know, shitty Baltimore Orioles games at this point. That's what he's doing at the moment. Probably. I thought he was, like, done with them, though. I don't think so. I, think uh, I thought like he, he like, like agreed to part ways with them. I don't. And I that don't, was in preparation for this job opening. Maybe I don't know. That's just 
Did you guys see Stephen A. Smith's yeah, top five hilarious. things he knows about hockey? And number one was the puck is black. The puck is black. I just I want like Barry Melrose to just sit Stephen A. down and, and just like for like a ten week period, he just teaches him everything. And then a year from now, we just get Stephen A. Smith rants about the, the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Stephen A. Smith talking about Jack Johnson. This, this dude is a bona fide scrub. This man played. Thinking the exact same thing. I was like, I bet Jay is going to use the bona fide scrub thing yeah. to talk about Jack Johnson. Because he is. He's a bona fide scrub. My, my one buddy on uh, Santiago on, on Twitter is a huge Lightning fan. <laughs> he used the Stephen A. clip. It was like, his very first move was to sign Ryan Malone. Who was on crack? I love the the Max. I, the, the, one of the best parts about that is is Max, Max coming just like, oh. and then just laughing, and he just goes. <laughs> that show is so clippable. Yeah, it's not even funny. Yeah, use it for the clips, not even the sports takes. Oh yeah, yeah, the sports takes. Yeah. I want take a dollar. What? But it's funny. It's hilarious, right? I, I think me and Vinny are broken. I think I you guys feel, we're, I feel, we're, I feel broken. Like like I, like we're looking at each other and I like we're both just looking at broken men. Just you know. I hope I hope tonight is like a good night. Kinesis Kinesis hockey against RIT, that'll be exciting. I know this is an NHL podcast, but since we just decided to not do the college hockey podcast this year, do we want to just preview that to maybe lift the spirits? Sure. Why not? Sure. 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 To, to really lift our spirits, sure. my prediction is we're probably going to lose that series in three. <laughs> I am. I, I. That was my prediction too. We did Griff picks. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, team. I bet. All right, team three there. Like, I feel like we're going to win tonight. I feel like you. Like you. I think we're going to win tonight and then lose next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like him and I were talking about that. Um, you know, RT went on a COVID pause, and they haven't played in what two weeks. But yeah. They had a COVID pause. Yeah, they did. They went. They had a COVID pause. Was that what ended this season? I thought they just like their season just ended. No, they had a COVID pause to end the season. Right I didn't see. I didn't see like any canceled games. Did they cancel games? I don't. I don't remember. But I swore I thought because one of my buddies, he's a huge RIT fan. He said they were on a COVID. I have a friend that goes to RIT. I don't think. I could. I, I don't think no, because I I think there's like they, they just yeah I mean they're I mean, like, they they have not played since February twenty first. But that was just their last series of the season. They didn't have anything else scheduled. Hmm. That was just how, how it worked out. Cause it, and they never, I mean, if you look at the schedule, maybe there was a COVID pause from, like, January 4th to January 27th when they didn't have any action. Or maybe. Maybe that, maybe that was just a break in their schedule. But if they ever had a COVID pause this season, that's where it would have been because they played consistently from January 28th all the way up to February 21st. And they just haven't had any games since. Oh, Okay. But, they, but the point still stands, though. They haven't played in three weeks. Yeah. And, I mean, for both Canisius and for RIT, the one thing that both teams have really taken advantage of is home ice. So that yeah. does favor Canisius, but... Right. And Canisius only lost once on home ice this season. And it was in to a, a shorthanded Niagara team. In a, in a very lackluster senior night against Niagara. That was a heck of a weekend, Jay. That was... That was just a wild weekend, man. I, I, Friday night in Niagara was definitely an interesting night. 
Yeah, he'll, oh God, yeah. And then the next night was... But hey, I got my food. Yeah, we did. We did get Shamrock Shakes, which was kind of... De- that was incredibly depressing. But that was very depressing. But we did get we did watch Glass Break for the first time ever live. Yeah, was, that was crazy. It is pretty wild. Did you see that? Like the photo? Oh, the glass broken? Yeah. yeah I saw him. Like, I showed my parents, and like, where the hole is, they're like, wow, he really missed. I go, yeah, he really missed. Yeah, uh, I mean, so for this game, we got two players from each of these teams were named to the all-conference first team. Will Calvert. Well, Calvary. yeah, Will Calvary yeah. and, and, and uh, Dan Willett was also yeah. named. Yeah. Them. And then Canisius has Keith Master Donato and, and Barshevsky. Jake Barshevsky, so. Uh, uh, Calvary's the best player in the conference. It's not even close. Well, I mean. He's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. And he's only a junior. Yeah, so he's, he's scary. Was he hurt this year or something? Like that he didn't play a play a lot or? Uh, yeah, he was out for the series uh, against Canisius earlier. Okay. When we went, I don't know if it was COVID or that, an injury, that, that, or, or an injury, but um, that's my that's probably what I was maybe thinking of. I knew. All I know is he was out. Yeah. But he still's got twenty four points in sixteen games, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah, and he's shooting at almost twenty percent. Yeah, that's which is wild. So I, I put it in my preview article. Canisius is six and zero when they allow two goals or less. They're seven and one when they allow three goals or less. And RIT is a team that averages just a little over three and a half goals a game. So Canisius needs to find a way to make this a defensive series. They need to stay disciplined. Make sure you don't give RIT's power play any chances because it's very lethal. Yes. And so stay out of the box. Slow the tempo of the game down. Make it defensive. And wait for RIT to make mistakes. Yeah. I think that's your formula. Because, I mean... And for RIT, your formula against Canisius is speed the game up. <laughs> and convert on your power play opportunities. And Logan Drackett has not had a good year. But, I mean, we saw last year, Aiden Polino was a senior for Bentley. Didn't have a good season. And then but it didn't matter. He was, he was fine in the series against Canisius. They swept Canisius and then COVID happened. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, it could be the same thing. Drackett's still a good goalie. He's had a rough season, but he's still a good goalie. And, right. and he, he, he could have one of those series. Like yeah. This. Well, you know what? You and I will find out at 7 o'clock tonight at the Harbor Center. Yeah. I mean, I will also be there. Way to leave me out. Oh, well, I didn't know if you were actually working that game. That's I am working the game. Yeah, but we're reporting it. Yeah. We're actual reporters. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if you see any highlights, guess whose camera they're going to use. Well, I mean, I don't, have, I don't have to see highlights because I'll be there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, oh, we're just both dumping on video right now. Bullying works, people. It, yes. <laughs> I was, no. gonna, I was the three of us will be there significantly yesterday by my some of my other friends. But, but again, Vinny, it could be worse. It could be it could be a lot worse. So no, I'm just yeah. getting bullied all yeah. the time. Yeah. In uh, in terms of NCAA, you could be bald and have a big nose. Yeah, big nose. Yes. Sure. Um, so in terms of NCAA statistics, right? Keaton Master Donato leads the entire NCAA in goals per game at .78. Uh, Will Caverly is fourth with .71. In terms of goalie winning, winning percentage, I must every 11 minutes of my life be filled with misery. Why? Oh, cheer up, Squid. It could be worse. Yeah, you could be bald and have a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to cut that part out for a co- probably like copyright things. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not music. That's true. It's still a TV show though. So. I don't yeah, know. We're making a reference. I don't think. Yeah. Also, it's 
This is from SpongeBob on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Nickelodeon, yes. Nickelodeon is a uh, channel. Yeah. Yes. SpongeBob is Shout out Nickelodeon. Do you guys watch or listen to other podcasts not sports related? You just watch mostly sports podcasts or listen to mostly sports podcasts. Yeah, I watch podcasts, yeah. I mean, you can, like, a lot of podcasts have a visual aspect now. Like, if we had a camera up on that wall, it would be perfect. Yeah, Yeah, it would be. Like the Steve Dangle podcast, like they put it on YouTube. Yeah. There's the visual aspect. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like something to do. Okay. I listen to this podcast called Hey Babe. It's with uh, Sal from Practical Oh, Jokers yeah. Okay. And Krista Stefano. Okay. One of the funniest podcasts I've ever, ever listened to and watched. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, I also love the Hockey PDO cast with the Dimitri Filipovic. One of the funniest. You're a big sports guy. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Back to the uh, to some hockey. Matt Ladd is fifth in the NCAA right now in goalie winning percentage. Not that that stat is like super important. Jake Barshevsky is tied for eighth. So like that's kind of neat. Again, that, that's like a, a pretty. That's kind of neat. I would say that stat's like somewhat irrelevant though. Right. I'm not really like. I'm a new band. AIC really is. Canisius has the 10th best scoring offense in the entire NCAA mm-hmm. and the 9th best scoring defense. They're allowing an average of 2.22 goals against per game. I mean, it's... That's very good. That's really good. Cristiano is our stat guy. Will Caverly is 3rd uh, in the NCAA in points per game with 1.43. Um, it looks like the highest Canisius player... Keaton Master Donato is tied for 11th with 1.22. The next highest Canisius player is Mitchell Martin with 1.11. Jake Barshevsky, fourth best save percentage in the entire NCAA, 942. Matt Ladd, 17th best in the NCAA with a 923. Canisius overall, very, uh, I would say, well rounded team. That's Mm going to be. yeah, I think so too. I mean, they, 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 you know, it's been a concerted effort from everybody that's created a pretty good season from them. The only concern I have is they kind of faltered going into the playoffs. Uh, they lost three of the last four. Uh, yeah. The two game sweep to Air Force, who was yeah. really struggling, and then you know they get they got they got a win on the road against Niagara. Whoop de friggin' do! They're not that great, and they were missing players. And then the next day at home on senior night, you had a chance to to clinch the West. Yeah, and you, and you lose. And not only do you lose four nothing, you outplayed by a team that had nine forwards and only six defensemen. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 concerning. Yeah. Because you know, sure, you went five and one that one night. You were down one nothing in the third period in that game. Yeah. Yeah. You, you exploded for five goals, but I mean, that it. it the last four games were not good for Canisius. There were in the last four games, there was one good period. And that was that third period in Niagara. Yeah. That was that. So that's concerning going into the playoffs. But they've had two weeks. Um, you know, they talk about rest versus rest. I mean, you know, how much of a difference is two weeks compared to three weeks? Both teams are obviously very well rested. Is Canisius yeah. going to be that much sharper than RNT though? I, I don't. I, I doubt it. I think. I think we're going to see what favors Canisius in this first game. That's why I think they're going to win. When you got two teams that are rusty, that are trying to shake that off, you 
first 10 minutes of the game are going to be slow. It's going to be basically both teams are going to trap each other in the neutral zone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to create offense in this first game. And as a result of that, I think that favors Canisius. But in games two and three, I think RIT is going to find a way to come out a little stronger. They're going to establish the tempo that they want, and that's going to help them offensively get the chances that they need to. One of the most important things in hockey, if you want to get a fast start, is you have to get quick shifts, and that's easy when there's a lot of whistles, mm-hmm. but the whole point is you want to get guys to go on the ice while the play is happening, so they're kind of jumping right into it. Yeah. Um, so, right. that, like you said, uh, might be a, you gotta, I don't want to say start fast if you're Canisius, but you want to, like, you want to take advantage of that first 10 minutes and play your game. RIT. Eighth best power play in the NCAA, 235, uh, 23.5% of their power plays they are scoring on. Kanish is the 17th best in the NCAA, 21.9% of their power plays they are scoring on. Penalty killing percentage is going to be huge here. Canisius has the sixth best penalty kill yeah. in the NCAA. Yeah, they it's very good. They have a 90.3% success rate on the PK um, and on this list which is the top 25 teams, there's 24 here because Notre Dame and Denver are tied for 24th so they didn't put a 25th team in um, RIT is not on the list in the NCAA so uh, special teams could be big but again you have to get those chances um, to do that and part of that is staying disciplined yeah. your, your penalty kills good but you don't want to test it too much Right. So stay disciplined. Wait just for Kinesis, just wait for them to make mistakes. Yep. Be patient. Right. Don't force anything. Play your game, get pucks deep. You know, yep. just gotta be strong, you know, just uh, just gotta play your game. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Uh, is there anything else that you guys had uh, passion to talk about? Uh, no, no, I think that's no. it. I've lost all my passion. <laughs> the saddest podcast in the history of the Open Force Podcast. Is now complete. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Good luck to your team, whatever team that may be, and hopefully they bring you some sort of joy in watching them. Uh, Good luck to all the teams competing in playoffs across the NCAA. I know basketball and hockey are uh, both drawing near to the end here as well. And uh, hug someone today. Yeah, if you feel like you don't have to hug them. Someone that you relate to, hopefully. Yeah, maybe don't spread COVID. But but, but, yeah, like well, I'm seeing my parents today, so I'm gonna hug them. Yeah, I I could use it. Give them a hug or like a fist bump. Yeah. A yeah. big, big old kiss. <laughs> um, don't tell me you had a good time, Jay. Oh, God. Just <laughs> talking about my parents, this sicko. I'm going to end this before it gets dangerous. Thank you for, for joining us. Have a great rest of your day, and go hockey. Good night, Jim Kite, I guess. Mm-hmm.